ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 44 and oh of the fighting goal where we are going to talk about the man who's 4 and oh in boxing he's had a splendid mixed martial arts career one of the greatest of all time none other than the spider Anderson Silva Woo! we have a lot more coming up on the next fight card with Jose Aldo back in the octagon all of this right after this short commercial break Ladies and gentlemen welcome back to yet another exciting episode of the fighting goat where we speak to the man the man the man himself none other than Anderson the Spider Silva. Well, he's not here with Dude, us but we have the biggest that, yeah. the world's biggest MMA fanatic and Spider fan Arjun aka Mystic Chips who's here with us Ooh. and obviously so much superhuman camera and hey, yeah, Chips how was it just to take a breather for one week and not have a fighting week? But technically it's not really a breather when we do it man. I mean it's, <laughs> we talked about it even though we did, we weren't doing anything in an official capacity but we were still talking about it. I mean we met last week and we were talking about fights and yeah we were talking about how Govinda should be more part of our show every yeah. time that we do things. <laughs> yeah. And and just ne- general rubbish from all around. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was a, because I think it was a break um, It was a break because of uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving in, to uh, everyone in North America and Canada and whoever celebrates Thanksgiving. Me personally I don't know what uh, Thanksgiving is. I mean I I went for a Thanksgiving party once. Yeah, but why is it celebrated? I think it's something you know I don't want to say white people but it's something from that part of the world. Where <laughs> only they celebrate. <laughs> I don't know what it is to be honest. So I went for Thanksgiving once and uh, it was okay. I mean like I don't know what was happening. Like it was a lot of food. Well, as long as as, lo- as long as there are free drinks and food, we are there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's see, it's like a big family dinners where you know you start off with saying hello to everybody, but halfway through the drinks and the food, the jagda chalu ho jata hai. Ha, I remember you didn't come and all that. So it's a is the airing of grievances also. That's part of that entire thing. You know. Well, maybe that's why it's called Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, you give thanks to whatever. So here at the Fighting Goat Summation, I give thanks to an awesome audience that has been supporting us. We are on our 40th episode. which is a big deal within itself we've been going strong and we are going to be presenting our first our second segment which is coming up is the legends series oh it's going to happen man. once a month and we're starting off with none other the greatest legend himself anderson the spider silva oh man what what can we say about this gentleman what Arbit, can we say there's a lot but first we have to talk about the week that was Yes, there were no fights as such on uh, in terms of the UFC. But one thing I saw that was actually quite sad. Frank Mayer made his way back into boxing, yes. and he took on a, a professional fighter, and uh, he got knocked out very, very badly. Like he was asleep in the air. Yes, yes, we all saw that. It was it was not the prettiest sight because the former UFC champion, heavyweight champion Frank Mayer. like all the other fighters has made his foray into boxing professionally and man that was so sad to see him get knocked out so badly no but it's like you see you know frank if you look at his his tendency if you look at that tape okay yeah. frank when he gets knocked out he pitches back and forth he goes like this like he's like one tuck tuck he's standing on his feet but he's moving back and forth he's pitching back and forth right and we saw that against nogera when nogera tagged him we saw them against junior dos santos when he tagged him right and he's been having a habit of going that way right. the difference is now in mma the minute he goes to the ground he kind of gets his sense back 
you know he Correct. gets his his sense he takes time he takes a few minutes and then you saw you know, he gets the, that breather also you know, there's Correct. a little breather you get you know of like some you know four or five seconds and being a, you know being a bjj black belt and grappler he obviously is very Dude, one accustomed. of the greatest one of the greatest you know, bjj guys absolutely to you know, ever step in he's obviously very accustomed to you know going to the ground and catching his breath and easing into it so they But, even allowed they relaxed the rules for mere to even have a, a little bit of an edge in the clinch they allowed a lot of clinch work in that sense yeah officially they allowed oh, a little bit wow. of clinch dirty boxing and wow even then the thing is see that's the thing this is what i keep saying man you talk we talk about the best hands in mma well there are there i can maybe count on one maybe on one finger how many boxers who have come out of mma have made it somewhere in boxing because Correct. the level of striking is so different the Correct. footwork is different the way the hands move is different Correct. the head the slips the dodges the, the parries yes they, yes so different you don't even see a parry in mma correct 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 and it, it's a granted it's an advanced move but still it, my point is that we don't see that kind of striking Correct. Correct. But to and see, to expect yeah, that it's a completely different sport, you know. But what's happening, quite surprisingly, is that so many MMA fighters who have retired from the UFC and Bellator have gone on to bare knuckle, have gone on to boxing. But still, you know, like someone like Frank Mir, who actually specializes in jujitsu, I don't think he'll find great success there because boxing is a vicious sport. Dude, it's it's not only vicious. It's it's also they were they were fighting with uh, with with smaller gloves. It was yeah. the six ounce gloves, not the twelve ounce or fourteen ounce gloves. Oh man! And that's, ideally, heavyweights should fight with the twelve ounce gloves because they, they hit should. that hard. They should. They And should. It, it's know? a it's bad, man. And the way Mayer was just going. Uh, thank God, Dan Mergliotta stepped in, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. stop the fight. The guy is unconscious in the air. You know, I'm in fact quite surprised that Julio dos Santos has not made a comeback into boxing. No, dude, he's in wrestling. Ah, is he? I love I, it. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him get rock bottom through a table or something. And oh I was like, God, is that Junior? <laughs> I'm like, hang on, hang on. Let me rewind and see. Like, that's Junior dos Santos. I mean, you know, I've not watched wrestling in a very, dude, very long he's time. But embracing was... that role so well, he's embracing that role so well, and I think he's genuinely happy. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's more, it's more fun and games to be honest down there. And uh, no, because I'm, after getting that, taking those kind of beatings and that that yeah. kind of war, I mean, this is like I'm not mocking the you know pro wrestling guys, but as compared to getting smashed in your face, like you know, for five rounds, I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. You know, I'm quite surprised that Cain Velasquez didn't make an impact there because he's definitely one of the top guys who could really perform well. But you know, seeing him get released by a WWE was quite sad. You know, see, Kane is Kane may have all the physical tools, but come on, man. I mean, as a as a personality, he didn't really sell fights either. Correct. I mean, his his trilogy was because of Junior, Junior. talking. Yeah, yeah. And Junior talked a lot in during that time. And, and he also has this, oh, you know, this larger than life personality. He's a good guy with vicious hands and Correct. great knockout power and stuff. Sweet so, guy. You know, I think I think it comes down to you know who can really knock the living lights out of you. Exactly, and it was so good to see Junior Dos Santos. You know, he was outside the ring, and you could see the fans. I think it was AEW wrestling, <laughs> and uh, and you just saw him as ah, Junior Dos Santos got rock bottom. Somebody just rock bottom the the former UFC heavyweight champion, and I'm like, wow. You know, but he really looked happy. He like he jumped into the move perfectly and all that. It looked good, dude. You know, it's quite surprising that you know when we see these 
MMA fighters who are, you know, transitioning into the world of professional wrestling, I somehow cannot digest the fact that they're trying to, you know, fake these tough looks. I could never, I could never really relate to Ronda Rousey giving those kind of looks in the, <laughs> you know, in the ring because they were not real. And it was, it was visibly looking fake. And I'm like, you know, someone who can do it really can obviously fake it, but clearly not. I mean, you know, it's if you look at that entire, uh, the entire the roster of people who went there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Bobby Lashley was a former wrestler who came into uh, MMA. Right. And then realized it was not for him. So went back into wrestling. Right. Which is smart. Take it. Right. That's, that's you at least gave it a shot. Right. Uh, Dave Batista at the end of his career came into MMA for one fight and left and went back into wrestling. Went right. back into acting actually, to be honest. And he's doing <laughs> so well for himself. Right. Like, come on, man. He's he's doing he's insane. He's a superstar now. So the best I, I mean, if you look at Kane Velasquez, he went in, he crashed, he bonked, and he left. Yeah. From the rivalry. Ronda Rousey, same situation. Right. Right. You know, right. I don't know. I mean, Ronda had all the makings of a heel, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, I mean, she slammed Triple H and slapped Stephanie and all that. I'm like, that's that's the way to go. But you know what? I am 100 percent guaranteed that Connor's team is definitely talking to WWE. For sure. Dude, that Connor? conversation is always going to be on because this guy's a showman in the octagon. He's yeah, a showman in real life, and imagine he enters WWE. You know, the first the guy f- is that f- you know, <laughs> the first guy to enter WWE. You know, with a billion dollar contract and plus ten percent stake in the company. Dude, he will. He probably will do that. I'm sure in the next in the next three four years. I think I think Connor's waiting to make a point. For by the way, also in the news that in the week that we were talking about. We saw some pictures that emerged of Conor McGregor where he's looking like he he said on his Twitter that he's 85 kgs now. He's 187 pounds of pure muscle at the Man, moment. Man, 85 kgs and he's at middleweight. He's more than heavier than middleweight now. Yeah, he is. He is. I don't he know what he's kg, planning. One kg above middleweight technically. I don't. I don't know what he's planning because I remember the last time he got big and then kind of you know cut weight. Yeah. was against Khabib because he wanted that strength. Correct. In the grappling department. And Correct. I think I, I think uh, his fight against Poirier, he realized that maybe he was a little, he compromised too much in the strength aspect to keep the speed. Yes. And yes. then he realized that he didn't have the strength in the punches. They were not hitting. They were not, he was not sitting down on them. Well, he actually struck Poirier twice with that left and Poirier just took it. Correct. You know? that's, that's the thing. So it's not Connor's ability to get through somebody's guard. He can still get through. You can still hurt you. Yeah. But he's not sitting down on those shots. Right. Right. I don't right. I don't understand. Maybe that's why he's, you know, getting back in that in that strength, strength form. You know, Correct. when he came against Donald Cerrone, he was bulked up. Yeah, he was huge. He was, he was heavy, huge. man. You know, and, and he you broke saw his what nose he did. with those shoulder strikes. With those shoulder, two shoulder strikes, he broke <laughs> his nose, he broke his face, he hurt him. And essentially, after that, we've not seen Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> he retired him in so many words. Yeah. Quite sadly. Quite sadly. You know, so yeah, and you know the world of boxing was buzzing, man. We had a we had a great lightweight showdown, and yes. guys like Andy Garcia are jumping up and saying, "I want to get back into the scene and get back into fighting." And it's it's I'm telling you, man, Somesh, we talk about it so much. Boxing has is coming up in such a big way again. I mean, there are right. six new organizations within India that are promoting boxing. Yes, I'm going yes. in. I'm going next week. This weekend, I'm flying to Hyderabad for a show for boxing to commentate. Right. Well, which one is that? Uh, it's called uh, TIAR, TR Boxing. It's called oh, Rage yes. Boxing. Oh, TR yes. Rage Boxing. You know, in fact, they're having some really good uh, Facebook promotions going on. They have a lot of great promotions going on. And they've yeah. had a lot of uh, 
they have had a, a lot of uh, uh, great promotions and a lot of uh, connections within the boxing fraternity nice. like i'm recognizing nice. some of the fighters who are there because i've seen right. them in you know in the army boxing super fight league super boxing right. league right. all these guys and i'm recognizing them now and they are planning these small small shows small not very big ticketed not very big uh, fancy shows right. they're not going to do it they're plan they're probably not going to do it in a bombay delhi madras calcutta anytime soon correct they're going to do it in the hyderabad they're going to do that in the chennai in the punas in the in the you know in in kozhikode in the small correct. small places but you know what's happening with these promotions i personally believe is that they are recognizing newer talent giving them an opportunity and building the brand plus a talent from there which i think is a correct. very smart move it is a very smart move and uh, the thing is that they are they looking to make a mark immediately yes they looking to make a stand you know because anyway boxing has so many convoluted rules because of all yeah. its because of the the ridiculous amounts of titles and the amount yeah. of unifications within a weight class and, and the weight classes that are like 5 you know, 5 five pounds up apart yeah <laughs> seriously i mean the magazine belts and the unified wbo wbc and so many belts that exist from around the world yes and and yes. you know i mean you know kambosos the aussie fighter who won last night he's been slated as one of the best aussie fighters to you know to fight the game now right. and uh, people are calling him out saying let's you know unify the belts you know boxing is a mix of a lot there's a lot of stuff going on within one weight class do you think at some level there's a resurgence happening in boxing because of so many private organizations there are also a lot of sponsors willing to put in money into boxing that's the thing you know people said that you know if somebody asked me you know in 2015 you know where is boxing going i would say dude boxing is on a downslide mma yeah. is the future yeah but i am now in 2021 saying that shit i see more of a resurgence of boxing than mma in Absolute, different markets absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree with you more I and see when boxing we coming up more and when we see the resurgence of boxing there's one gentleman who has gone from the greatest of all time in mma oh yes to back to boxing i would say not exactly but back to boxing is the That's, one and only yes sir it's the greatest fighter in the world and you know it's you know he's the amount of things that he's done is just something spectacular i'm going to have to really focus my thoughts and compose myself <laughs> for which is why i need a quick short break you've been listening to arjun chibal kati and somesh the superhuman camera only on ibmpodcast.com in the fighting go we're in episode 40 Stay tuned don't go anywhere we'll be right back after these quick messages Ladies and gentlemen welcome back to episode 40 of the fighting goat where we're going to be speaking about the greatest MMA fighter of all time bro it's called the legend series this is the, the it, it is a legend series. series i mean but see legends needs to be replaced because when we speak of legends there's one name that comes to everybody's mind and that is anderson the spider silva absolutely now before we even get started you know what constitutes a legend what constitutes a yeah. legend in in a sport it's a you know a lot of people firstly a lot of people of late i won't say who but you know who so may sure i'm referring to yeah. where people are calling some people a legend for retiring early and who are undefeated that's not what a legend is a legend yeah. it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter you know your wins and losses don't matter as a legend it matters in the way you played the way you performed the way right. people remember you the what you remembered for what you are you know you're not remembered for you know getting decision wins and making people tap no i i mean making people tap also yeah sure but 
you know, I, I, I think this is a personal bias that I'm having here. Only because, <laughs> only because of, you know, a lot of factors. But I'll try and keep myself a little more, uh, uh, you know, disciplined. My point is that uh, what makes a legend is like, you look at Tendulkar. He's a legend. Yeah. He's been around forever. Yeah. He's been around yeah. forever through the thick and the thin. He came, he started early, you know, and then he built his life, a career. And he is, he, the legacy that he's made will be live on forever yes. in somebody's mind. Yes, yes. So, see, typically in my mind, when we speak about a legendary figure, I would even say someone like a Rahul Dravid is a legend. Not sure. because what he did in the sport, it's also what he did after the sport. He Exactly. Precisely. He, went, he went back to the grassroots at the National Cricket Academy and started training the absolute amateurs to groom them. And six, eight years later, now he's the coach of the Indian team dealing with the big boys and telling them on how to do stuff. So I do believe if you're speaking of legends, we need to speak and we need to look at it in the overall perspective with what are they doing with the sport? What are they doing for the sport and how they have dealt with the sport during the prime time? Come on, exactly. and Anderson Silva, when he came into the UFC, I think it was the year 2006 when they signed him, he was facing the undefeated Chris Lieben. It was Lieben was undefeated then? He was 5-0. and oh. Yeah, I remember this was October 2012, I think, if I remember correctly. It was uh, 2006, 2006. Uh, sorry, October 2006. 2012 was when he finished, like his last win, I think. 2013, I think, was when he retired from the sport. Mm. Even his but, injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like his winning streak and all of that ended in uh, Correct, 2013. Wow. So, shows. so imagine somebody who's facing Chris Lieben in their debut, which I'm saying is fine. But mm. 16 and 0. Yeah, Two, man. I mean, 240, 2,457 days of holding that middleweight belt. It's So he's actually done it all. And the best part is he's done it spectacularly. See, that's exactly where my point begins. You know, I mean, before you, you know, before I go to his career in the UFC, Anderson Silva was making waves outside that organization. Yes. He started off in pride. He used to walk out to, you know, Michael Jackson and yes. he, Michael Jackson, one of his biggest, you know, he, he loved Michael Jackson. Yes. And he yes. loved to walk out to Michael Jackson. And Pride had these incredible, you know, these live performances where people yes. walk out. And <laughs> I think it's the only time I saw Vandalay Silva standing behind and, and clapping and laughing was Anderson Silva dancing on his way in to come and destroy somebody, you know? Right. And his career started there where he was in Pride, where he was had an up and down road, where he was, there were flashes of brilliance, but there were no, there was no, it was not brilliant, brilliant. Yes. It, it yes. truly changed for him was when he left Shooterbox. He yes. left that Shooterbox camp and he started Black House along yes. with Noguera. Noguera. Yes. Correct. Along with the Nogueras and, and Machida and Aldo. And Aldo, of course, went to Nova Uniao later. Yeah. But that camp, Black House was one of the most feared camps in the yes. world at that point in time, yes. around 2005, 2006. And I remember when he went to Black House and he was sharpening, his skills in striking got so sharpened that he became the man in the matrix. And, and then, you know, we saw against Tony Frickland in Cage Rage, yeah. he landed an upward elbow. Yes. That he just was standing and he just went throat thought like that. And he knocked this guy out. Oh my God. And that was That was brutal. That was brutal and elegant and beautiful. Like you'll remember it. Yeah. Yeah. When you remember a guy, you're like, oh shit, I remember that. I remember this. I remember that. And and you remember that. And then that's what got him to that Chris Lieben fight. Chris Lieben fight. Yes. And, and I remember Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg saying that there's a lot of, there's a lot of hype behind this man. But Correct. the thing is that the, the hype doesn't need to be justified. It's already justified. The hype is there. 
But there is know, no train. <laughs> you know what's the best part about Anderson Silva? I think he became a better fighter once he entered the UFC. Yes, so, absolutely. You no, know, he came in with the hype, but he built himself in a way where people said, "Dude, this guy is better than what I thought." You know exactly. People you know, didn't. People didn't realize how good he was. Correct. You see, because what happened even in Pride, you know, he had about I think four or five fights out there. They were not spectacularly finished, primarily because maybe they were not at Anderson's level. No, I you mean, know, it's also where he was. You know, it's. I'll, I'll say I'll give him one bit of credit. You know, there's also there are also a lot of fighters who cannot transition from fighting in a ring to a cage. Number one. Yes. Almost yes. almost every fighter that has come in from fighting in a ring has not succeeded in the cage. Anderson Silva and Alistair Overeem are the only two guys who have yes. managed to get somewhere. You know, look at Mirko Krokop. What happened to him? What happened to Mirko Krokop? He couldn't he couldn't sustain the cage. Same yeah. thing with Fedor Emelianenko. Yeah. He couldn't handle the cage. Same yeah. thing with I mean Mark Hunt, yeah, but Mark Hunt doesn't care. He's just going to punch you. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to knock the shit out of you. But still relatively successful, not successful successful. Yeah. And Anderson Silva was somebody who was so comfortable in that first fight against Chris Lieben, you know, where yeah. you're going to be you're going to be seeing pictures of these when you know when you're hearing this podcast. Yeah. And you see the he had a 95% strike rate in that fight. Man, that's crazy. And he finished Chris Lieben in round 1. He finished him. Firstly, Chris Lieben is called is a zombie. You can't yeah. finish him. Yeah. And Anderson yeah. with his it's not about how hard you hit, it's not about how fast you are, it's how, how precise you were. And that's yes. what Anderson Silva showed the world. Yes. And what precision can do. Precision is precision beats speed and power every day. Correct. Correct. And you know, I mean, if the listeners do not know, Chris Lieben was a part of the Ultimate Fighter One series. Yes. The first one which had the 16 best fighters to have ever, ever, oh, ever man. competed in the, the legends Fighter. himself. The, the legends themselves. They're all legends themselves. You know? So, <laughs> and he was an absolute havoc in that house. Yeah. <laughs> he was, man. And Chris, Chris Lieben, of course, you know, opened up that road to, you know, Anderson Silva's greatness because Anderson immediately got a title shot against absolutely. the then champion, Rich Franklin. Yes. And it was, in fact, the first time that the UFC had opened online voting. Who do they want to see Anderson fight next? And, oh, right. I remember this. And a lot of people, majority of the people said, I think he should get a title shot versus Rich Franklin. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. And we all know how that went. Man, that was, it was a symphony of destruction. Yes. I've never seen the fluidity in which a man has used the clinch. I've watched a lot of Muay Thai, but to see that perfectly used in MMA was, it was hauntingly beautiful. It was, it was. It was just, it was scary. It, like you're shocked because of the devastation. But at the same time, the way he did it was something that you like. For years, people said, shit, don't want to be in Anderson's clinch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to pass in any of it. Pass in any way, you will kill him. Pass in any way, And the thing is that he would not be afraid of guys like Travis Luter, guys yeah. like Damian Maya, guys like Thales Natis, who were jiu-jitsu specialists, who tried to take him down and put him down to the ground and submit him. Mm, it not was never easy, man. <laughs> it's not easy doing that to the spider. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it just shows natural talent. It just shows how fluid he is in the sport, how comfortable he is in that octagon. And you know, it's pretty much like his home. He just goes there and he dances and he performs for the audience. Very true. It's you know, I remember I remember seeing his documentary and he was coaching one of his younger fighters from his gym. Yeah. And he was saying that he was telling him in Portuguese, saying, 
he was yelling at him at the end of the round saying what the fuck is wrong with you what is the matter with you you put in the hard work go enjoy yourself yeah let go yeah. let lose i'm yeah. not asking you to win just go and enjoy yourself go crazy have a good time man and go enjoy yourself and that guy did that and knocked out his opponent and won oh that's insane and that's insane I mean, that's insane man i mean it's, it's it's like your coach giving you telling you like bro no pressure go have fun yeah you know like go have fun it's it's like it's like who cares about winning and losing man just go there and have fun yeah go out and have fun go enjoy you put in the hard work you put in the 8 weeks of the 12 weeks of training right you've done the madness now go go put on a show put on a spectacle and that's what silva was and you could see that even after his you know after you know the kind of the thing is that when you are at that level yeah. and to pull off those kind of moves you have to be spectacular something in your else reflexes else. like isel adesanya is saying that at fighting anderson silva at 45 years of age was still dangerous because mm. he dodged almost everything correct he dodged he couldn't get a clean shot off on him correct this is the man who has knocked out paulo costa robert whitaker who's taken on has gone has hurt jan blahovic kelvin gastelum kelvin gastelum marvin vettori and he's fought some heavy wars and knocked a lot of people out and still couldn't do that to the spider well in fact he has knocked out top middleweights in their prime yes and anderson silva was pretty much on his way out when he fought his jaladasanya dude he was on his way out since he was 40 42 Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but he still hung around for three, four years more, <laughs> four, five, six years more. Yeah, like it. But I mean, see, that's the that's the warrior spirit inside him. He didn't care Very about true. his record. He Very didn't true. care about his legacy. He's like, my legacy is is, is bulletproof anyway. Correct, correct. And I'm not that, afraid. And that's exactly what makes a legend. See, wins and losses is one thing. Those build records. But man, yeah. to be a legend, I personally feel the Diaz brothers are legends. Yeah, yeah. Immediately induct them into the Hall of Fame and on the legend. You know, Chuck Liddell. Legend. Chuck Liddell is a legend. They didn't. They didn't care about winning or losing. They cared about putting care. on a damn show for the people. And that's exactly yeah. what we need. You know, so many people compare Virat Kohli to Tendulkar, but. the yesteryear people says boss tendulkar is in a different league not only did he entertain people not only did he win matches but he was fluid in doing it he right. had a good exactly. temperament you know he donated some you know to charity he was doing good work outside there are so many things that comprise on being a legend and this you let people a... sit on the car and all remember when they used to do chakkas <laughs> of market day you should let everybody sit on his car and have pepsi and all that while they drove around because he used to be man of the series almost every series the the maruti car that everybody sat what about maruti car jo bhi hyundai aata tha sab log baithte the wo gaadi pe and he never he never cared yeah no, that was see those are the memories the drinks cart and the sitting on the car after the matches over especially uh, india pakistan india sri lanka where the entire the star sports team would be following that car and everybody jumping and as kids to are ba gaadi andar stadium ke andar gaadi stadium mein ghuma rahe gaadi ekdam and all they calmly calmly <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's that entire you know is that see that is what that is what makes you a memorable fight absolutely it's not absolutely i remember today anderson silva when you say anderson silva because i'm one of the one of the biggest biggest followers and fans in the world uh i remember every stat of his so yeah. that's a different story but when you say anderson silva yes one of the biggest win streaks that is still unchallenged yeah one of the greatest uh, win streaks one of the greatest title runs that is still unchallenged Yes, and those are the stats. But nobody can match the way he 
outfinished his opponent. Yes. Like Vitor Belfort's front kick to the face. When Anderson Silva faced off Vitor Belfort, it was this Brazilian versus Brazilian. You know? Yes. And Anderson used to never like... Remember when Anderson used to say, I don't like facing Brazilians? Yes. And you saw that against Damien Maia and Thales Latis. He was had yes. lackluster performances. Always said that I'm never going to face Machida and all that jazz. <laughs> but he, he faced off against Vitor Belfort. There was that little bit of animosity. There yeah. was a little bit of animosity. Remember the face out, the veins? He yeah. wears that mask the and mask, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah, he wore the mask. That was finally yeah, used at, I think, the Squid Games kind of thing, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Squid Games mask only. <laughs> no, so when we talk about uh, the entire uh, process of how uh, Vitor Belfort and Anderson fought each other. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, wish you remember that. What? Tell me, what do you remember out of that? Like, okay, the fans already know that I love Anderson to death. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're already sick of hearing my voice during the special. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in fact, I was so happy that, you know, you're just going off and having this beautiful flow of conversation. I'm like, dude, this guy's such a big fan. I don't even want to interrupt, you know, because I would, you know, see, I would talk about stats and I would talk about how great he is and, uh, you know, you know, 2,500 odd days of holding the championship belt over six, uh, seven years. But, you know, that passion that comes out of somebody who's so involved in Anderson Silva, someone who can even imitate him, you know, and kind of, you know, uh, He's normal. You know, UFC is a big place, a big welcome, organization. Welcome to the show, Anderson. <laughs> ah, it's, it's a cool thing, you know. It's it's number one. UFC, Dana White. He's a good man. Right? Fight Forrest Griffin. He's a good man. I like UFC. UFC is number one. Love you, Anderson. <laughs> man, imitation oh God, is that was, that, was, that was spot on. That was spot on. That was awesome. <laughs> imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And I cannot, I'm, I'm going to do this to him the day I meet him. <laughs> you're, just, you're just going to cry and fall at his feet. Come on. That's true. Yeah, that's you know, true. I have no, there is no, there is, that's how anybody who knows me, they, they know that's going to happen. I'm going to cry. You know, just imagine, you know, you're crying, you're going at his feet, you know, and because he thinks that you're coming in his legs, you know, he just puts his knee up. That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> at least I can say I got knocked out by the greatest. I'm like, I have one hole in my face, you know, no problem. Later, he's all like putting barf on my eyes saying, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's, you know, it's Arjun, I, I will adopt you now. Yeah, <laughs> please. Say bolo. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 also it's you know when we talk about when you talk about legends and you say you know you talk about Tendulkar, yeah. it's it's the sentimentality that people have for a fighter. You feel right. sentimental for right. when when Tendulkar got out. It was not that India was losing; it's Tendulkar got out. Correct, correct. Like oh, f- Tendulkar got out. Shit. Ab yeah. Kya hoga? yeah, the match is over. The match is over. Correct. We didn't care whether India won or lost. Yeah. <laughs> At that time, they're like, huh, because somehow Srinath and Venkatesh Prasad managed to win. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, it's it's Tindulkar got out. It's it's the, it's the thing that makes a legend. It's the thing that makes that person unmissable. And absolutely. In that, and and then when he does spectacular things like knocking people out by the by a front kick to the face, which is ideally meant to create separation between the body. And he faked it to the body and went to the head, which turned out to be one of the most iconic pictures of his career. Right. You remember that photo, right? That front kick hitting Belfort on on the face. Oh man, that was, you know, and after that, so many other fighters have tried to do that. But there's one moment in Anderson's career, which I really loved, Mm. but I was not totally satisfied. It was in the year 2015 when the ultimate fighter Brazil was uh, I think in their third or fourth season. I think Chael versus uh, Chael and, and uh, 
and it was Shogun Hua and Anderson Silva that were the two coaches. What? However, the season. However, the UFC said that the coaches would not face off at the end of it. That is just weird, you know. And, and I think even UF was going through a weird time also during that. Right, right, and also because Anderson said he's not going to face off his fellow Brazilian, he said he's not going to fight uh, Shogun Hua at the end of it. But it was one of those moments where we love to see the entire season, but we knew that the coaches are not going to face off. So there was that little bit of disappointment there at the end. Yeah. I mean, see, there was disappointment that TUF Brazil has been a little disappointing anyway, because right. even, even Chilson versus Vandalist Silva didn't happen till a lot later. Yes. yes. It happened in a different organization. You yes. Know? Yes, absolutely. It happened in Bellator, I think. Yeah. And my point was that it was so upsetting. Because I was like, what the hell, you know? Right. All that right. hype, all that marabari. I remember that scuffle in the house and we didn't get to see the fight. <laughs> exactly. So sad. I think that TV of Brazil only has a lot of problems. Yeah. But the kind of talent that came out of TV of Brazil was amazing. Something else. Was something else. You know, something I remember, else. You know, I remember talking to, you know, the bracket at UFC and when they finally announced that they're going to be getting the first TUF Brazil, hmm. they, had, they had made arrangements to accept 500 fighters for trials. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe 500. it. 500. I believe know, it. Do you know how many turned up? Some 10,000. 6,000. 6,000. You know, you know, 6,000 you will find on the streets of Rio only. Exactly. You know, 6,000 pro fighters. Huh? The Im- imagine, imagine making arrangements for say 500 people for Indian Idol and 6,000 people show up. Yeah. I mean, the best you know, they do. I mean, they happen, it happens in roadies all the time. Yeah, Rodis, is, Rodis <laughs> says it's ready for 1,000, but they actually have capacity for 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> chup chup ke. Raghu and Rajiv are ready for those 10 days. They're like, I'll study, I'll study. But, the, you know, speaking of the greatest of all time, you know, there's, there's, there's no doubt the gentleman wanted to continue fighting in the UFC. And but no, some, 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 some. What has been your, like I always ask this, of, you know, when I talk about like fighters who they love, what has been the most important moment for you in, you know, when you think of Anderson Silva, what do you think of the most, like immediately? Well, I obviously think about the fact that he was not the biggest guy in the middleweight division. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the same time, the power generation that he had in his body used to knock the best guys out. It was weird, you know, a lot of guys who like guys like Daniel Cormier, once he fought Anderson Silva, he had him in the clinch. He's saying that it's at 205. At, at 205. 205. At 205. And not to mention, Anderson took that fight on like one week's notice. Huh? Yes. And he said that he was shocked at how strong Anderson is in yes. the clinch. Shocked yes. at how strong he is. You know, you know, it's almost like saying uh, someone in this era, I would say someone like a Khamzat, who's, you know, who's not imposingly big. So he's not like a Francis Ngannou big. He's not like a Vitor Belfort big. You know, he's not this muscular guy. Nah, he's not muscly. You know, there are these guys like Khamzat, like Anderson Silva, who just have that raw power in them. And it was crazy to see it. There was Jack Hermanson that just faced a Khamzat in a wrestling match. Oh, yeah. And I saw Khamzat I was, that. was tossing him around like a rag doll. Dude, he's got a different kind of strength. But again, see, the thing is, I'm, now, okay, now, now we're digressing to Khamzat. Yeah. Because I want to see Khamzat against, you know, that also that era now, when we talked about Anderson's reign, that era had yeah. a lot of pure wrestlers. Yes. Had a lot of pure wrestlers. Like if you look at Welterweight, Welterweight had a lot of pure wrestlers. Yes. Like we had, you see the Josh Koscheks and the GSP. Yes. And well, names elude me right now. And, you know, BJJ guys like Shields and, and had Nick Diaz and 
and there were a lot of pure guys like even Chad Mendes pure wrestler yeah at featherweight chael sonnen pure wrestler at middleweight like yes. chael's double was not easy to dodge absolutely you cannot there no fighter i remember nobody even bisping who has such great takedown defense had trouble correct keeping chael off him correct and it's i would love to see comes up against like a pure pure grappler Yeah, like I mean, really pure. You know, like that would be great. But you know, when it comes to the greatest of all time, Anderson Silva, I I'm just quite astonished. He was not the most imposing figure physically. I'm saying physically, he was yeah. not the most. He looks like a sweet guy. He looks like yeah. a damn good-looking guy also. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, you know, he could pass off as a college professor teaching maths or you know geography or something of that sort. He, but he beat the shit out of the college professor teaching yeah. maths. <laughs> <laughs> but when he went in there, he just proved that you know striking accuracy. and power doesn't depend on how physically built you are you just seem to have that power generation and that just astonished me that he could generate that kind of force and torque from all angles from all distances so well that it was it was something beautiful like it was artistic to me it was completely artistic you know just to sum up you know i would say that you know with all his records and his amazing his amazing performances his his good ones his bad ones his foray into boxing He, he, you know his success in boxing has been amazing and right. you know i i wish him nothing but the best i hope anderson silva you just you know he does these fun boxing fights and calls it and becomes the greatest coach of all time because i would love to see what he's passing on to the next generation in terms of his striking Correct. because he's still one of the greatest fighters and one of the greatest coaches i don't know what is coaching but he's still one of the greatest fighter greatest strikers we've ever seen to can hang in multiple generations Absolutely. multiple generations he's still able to hang it's just his speed and his reflexes that are going going now but then again you know we saw a different story in boxing <laughs> see but Who speaking knows? of see speaking of which his first boxing fight was when he was 23 years old and this was way back in 1998 yeah his his first boxing fight his second boxing fight was in 2005 his third boxing fight versus uh, chavez junior was yes. in 2021 when he was 46 <laughs> years old and then know, he fought man. tito ortiz i mean tito so, fight was was you know i don't know tito is not a striker you know tito is not really a striker true but you know at the end of the day there's a big guy in front of you you know who's come on i mean see at the no, end of the day tito's got power and tito's not easy to knock out man tito's got a big head it's absolutely huge head absolutely at the same time at the end of the day it's a boxing fight i mean it could happen anytime anderson could have got knocked out tito could have got knocked out but the fact that he could take someone like tito out in the first round itself just shows that this man is on a different planet altogether do you know the do you know the funny thing is that after that tito knockout logan paul called out anderson silva and <laughs> and, and, and no no but if you want to haha now more logan paul is fighting mike tyson <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is uh, a dream come true because oh god i think they'll have a side deal with iron mike saying please don't demolish me on national yeah. television please i beg you <laughs> I i'll have to go back to the disney channel <laughs> <laughs> i will i will build you three more ranches i'll build just, you three more ranches whatever you want i'll give you just, please just to knock me out <laughs> take all the money take all the money just don't knock me out please let me just hang in there <laughs> no oh but god. that being said you know i i'd like to leave all our listeners is firstly go and you know go and find out who the legend is watch all his fights i promised you from that line from gladiator is could not ring to a truer are you not entertained is the line that is and that is anderson silva's sigma absolutely and the man has been a legend inside and outside and i'll leave you with one of his greatest parting words that he steals from bruce lee he's like be like water my friends be like water 
Yeah. You can crash, you can stay still, you can flow, but be like water. And he has embodied that, that entire mantra, that spirit in whatever he does in his life. To one of the greatest fighters and one of the greatest people to ever embrace the sport, we say thank you, Anderson Silva. But at the same time, it's time to wipe away my tears and move on to what is coming up next week. We've got another legend in the making, Jose Aldo Jr. taking on the young stud Rob Font in that stacked, super-duper stacked bantamweight division. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Fighting Goat only on ibmpodcast.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 4-0 of The Fighting Goat where we had a brilliant discussion with aka Arjun Chipalkati and his <laughs> most favorite test MMA fighter and now I promise about next legends next legends you will not hear a peep out of me because we're going to be covering Fedor Emelianenko holy shit yeah. <laughs> but speaking of another Brazilian legend who's fighting this coming week it is Jose Aldo taking on Rob Font that card is brilliant it's a fight night coming on December 5th Such in India pretty man it's a fight night I wish it was a pay-per-view we would have been front and center Talking to Aldo. <laughs> well, we are there next week, December 12th, for the same Ooh. reason. It's a big card. Two it's big title big fights coming in. But before that... The return of the Amanda Leo. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot more. But yes, before that, let us know. It's Jose Aldo taking on Rob Font. We also have Brad Riddle on this card. We have Clay really? Guida, who's back. Uh, I, always I there. He doesn't leave, I think. He <laughs> yeah. stays there at the arena, I think, at this point. I mean, we love Clay Guida. You know, I think like he's always game for a fight. You know, like someone injured and he puts his hand up says, Oh, Haan, maybe, 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 I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> And we have Jimmy Crute, the Australian, who's back on the squad. So some great fights on that Jimmy Crute is back after his injury. I think it was a dead leg against Anthony Smith. Yes. He got finished because of the leg injury. Yes. The leg gave up on him. Man, that was a great fight till that happened. Absolutely. It was great. But Anthony Smith was smart enough to continuously strike that area that was paining. That was actually the first pay-per-view that was back with a crowd. Yes. In, in after this horrible bullshit pandemic and guys yes. again it you know it looks like the uh, omicron virus is is out the variant is there you got to stay safe there are there are no there are a lot of reports coming from different parts of the world but uh, just go back to being vigilant please everybody. You know I actually don't understand what you know like, I mean like you know what's really going on is it, is it like a gameplay or no see, man because, it's, it's you know, true you but know, you know there are multiple viruses mutating all the time I just feel people are over this at the moment no like, but the thing is, the thing is it's, it's, it's only been two years now see the multiple viruses cold and flu and all people die of cold and flu also yeah but the thing is that it's the worrisome part of this is, is very it's it's very infectious very so very it'll true. just spread suddenly you know, Absolutely. like suddenly it'll be 200,000 people. Absolutely. That is the problem. That ladies, is the only problem. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe. If you haven't got yes. jab, get the jab. Please wear a mask at all times. Follow government rules and regulations. You get her please, to say this. <laughs> yeah, and please be careful of yourself and your surroundings. But Chips, let's go back on the fight card. The yes, most sir. important fight of the night, which is coming up December 5th. Rob Font taking on Jose Aldo, who's gunning for the title belt. He has clearly said he is waiting for TJ Dillashaw to come back and he's looking to take out Rob Font and fight TJ next. Do you think that's going to happen or is it going to go the other way? 
No, look, see, if you're going to talk about skill pound for pound, look, Rob Font has got great hands. And Jose Aldo is a good enough boxer to hang with Rob Font. Right. Not only that, Jose Aldo also has, you know, just because he doesn't use it, he has a very underrated ground game. He has some good takedowns. He's got great jujitsu. And right. not to mention those lethal, lethal kicks that he employs. Yes. The only thing that is that. Now, the thing here is that we've always noticed Jose Aldo has a tendency to slow down. If this was a three-round fight, I, was not, I would not be surprised Jose Aldo winning this. Right. In a five-round fight, Jose Aldo has shown the tendency of, you know, emptying out the gas tank and leaving very little bit for the fourth and the fifth. Correct. Which is where, which is where if Rob Font can survive the early storm, then, you know, he can go somewhere. But that being said, Rob Font is a star in his own right. He's a very big upcoming superstar. Very he's true. already, he's in that title picture. He's in the top three. He's amongst the Sandhagens and the Dillashaws and the Yans and the Sterlings. Right. So, you know, Rob Font poses a very, very significant threat. But a fighting Aldo is like is like always having a trump card. You don't know which Aldo shows up. Is the Aldo that can land a body shot and turn your lights out like he did against Jeremy Stephens? Yeah. Can be the kind of Aldo that even current interim champion Peter Yan had to change his strategy after eating one leg kick from Aldo. Yes. Which yes. knocked him down. And that's yes. Peter Yan, one of the toughest SOBs. You know, in fact, Jose Aldo has said that he's been training with a Brazilian Navy boxing Navy. team. Uh, uh, yes. The boxing team, yes, correct. You know, he's been training with the Brazilian Navy boxing team and that is why his head movement and his hands have got so crisp. He's gotten much crisper. And you know, the thing is that, you know, Jose Aldo, nobody's going to take him down. Yeah. Because he's got great hips. He's got, you know, he's not facing on a wrestler. So anybody who's going to try and stand in front of him, Jose Aldo always will have a slight advantage. Correct. Experience, power, not to mention that devastating power that he brings in. And he started landing, he started picking his moments to land those kicks. Yes. Yeah. So he's not, you know, I mean, he's not emptying his gas tank. He's not wasting his energy. Yeah. He's still picking his shots. He's got mature. He's learned with his losses in the past. Exactly. And now there's a rejuvenated and a revived Jose Aldo that is yes. out there. More mature, more calm. And so I am going to be picking the legend Jose Aldo. Excellent. That's a brilliant choice. It's rank number four versus rank number five in the Bantamweight division. Main event of the evening. I too am going to go with okay, the legend. Copycat. No, I mean, it's just a logical choice. I think Jose Aldo <laughs> has become way more matured. He's become calmer in his head. True, true. And he's just, I think he's going to pick his shots and not go for the kill. Yeah, I think uh, I think he will really, really look. For, firstly, Rob Font is such a tough SOB. You know, it's it's not going to be that easy to find the openings. Yeah. But if anybody can find an opening, it's Jose Aldo. Absolutely, yes. So, Mystic Chips and Superhuman Camera are going to go with yes, the sir. legend Jose Aldo. If you want to make your picks and win some exciting merchandise of the Fighting Go, t-shirts, mugs, caps, fridge magnets, you need to tag us, hashtag us. Chips, what's your ID? My ID is at on Twitter, it's at the Mystic Chips. And on Instagram, it's at Arjun Chips. Awesome. What about you, can, you, Mr. Kamra? You can tag me on Instagram, somesh.kamra. And on Twitter, it is somesh underscore kamra. Hashtag and tag IVM at IVMpodcast.com yes, on sir. all social platforms. And get a chance to win some exciting, exciting merchandise. Absolutely. Chips, having said that, what's the latest update on the fighting boat? The latest update is that all the episodes will now release on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays because of partly my fault uh, because of I, my no, recording time. N- sort of not really. It is because our producer Suroni <laughs> believes in Sai Baba. Uh, correct. <laughs> Thursdays will be now the dates that our podcast will release at 6 a.m. in the morning, 6.30 a.m. in the morning. You can tune in on every platform from Spotify to Ghana 
to Savan to Geo to Apple to YouTube to you want to come and listen to me? I live in Wadala. You can come and listen to it live also. We'll sit and watch it together. <laughs> you can listen to it on yvmpodcast.com. And this has been an incredible episode. We were talking about legends. We finally hit our first legends episode. This is episode 40 of The Fighting Goat. You've been listening to Arjun, aka Mystic Chips, Chipalkati, and Somesh, the superhuman Kamra. Catch us next week. Stay safe, stay guarded, and protect yourself. See you soon.